there's an exception to every rule. There's certain paradoxical phrases like that one, which we can benefit from both socially and psychologically if we look past the paradox within the statement and accept the truth it's conveying. Let's call a paradox that makes a claim that both includes and excludes itself a terminal paradox. Before I get into the case, I want to explain why I'm addressing ideas like terminal paradoxes and consensus in this podcast. It's because I see Apes and Drapes as a long-term experiment to upload one version of the variety of thoughts and interests that exist simultaneously in one human brain. We all have various facets that are woven together to make the tapestry that is us as individuals. This happens to be mine. Before getting into other ideas, I'm attempting to build out my ideological foundation for you, so that even if you don't agree with what I think, you might at least be able to see how I think, and how I might have arrived at my position, so that if we do get to sit down together and discuss any of the topics I cover here, we don't have to go over the basics. We can just jump right into what's being contested or agreed with, and take our ideas further together. Nothing is more beautiful to me than human beings reconciling their experiences with one another, and the best way we can do that in this epoch of humanity is through words. Now let's dive into terminal paradoxes. One of the most well-known is there's an exception to every rule, which of course makes it then the only rule without exceptions. The only exception to that initial rule would be another rule that didn't have any exceptions, which would conflict with the initial rule that every rule has exceptions. So if we can accept that the paradox exists, but terminates with that statement, and that it also acts as a terminal to all of the statements that fall under it, then we can move forward having gained something. Encoded in this statement is the idea that all rules are made by humans, that both society and our understanding of our realities are continual works in progress. If we accept the paradox within the statement, that the only rule without an exception is the rule that there is an exception to every rule, then we can also exist with no absolutisms, no dogmas hang above our heads. The statement is in itself not a rule. It's the ideological placeholder for the lack of any rules at all. Verbal language is the most efficient way for human beings to communicate ideas, but it has its drawbacks. One of them is that to name something makes it seem like it exists, which is why we're so fascinated with things like nothingness and emptiness and voids. In the case of every rule having exceptions, it is agnosticism to an objective system of right and wrong, and agnosticism is just another non-thing that has a name. Another terminal paradox that's very common and ever-relevant is to be intolerant of intolerance, which technically makes one intolerant, but only to other intolerance. Therefore, it only exists if other intolerance exists. That's just like how accepting that there's an exception to every rule allows us to avoid absolute adherence to any other rule, in that the idea of a rule not having exceptions fades into the abstract in the same way that the idea of not being tolerant would. It's not that the wording would suddenly change us as a society, but the fact that we have such developed language for hate certainly gives children the perspective as they're learning about the world that according to some authorities, it's acceptable to be intolerant. We build the world we live in with the language we use. Words give reality form, conditions, and depth. That's why it's important that we allow others to define their realities so we can address our concerns with them. We don't need to be accepting of someone else's need to limit the freedom of others, but it is important to allow them to explain why they feel the need to, otherwise we create exceptionless rules. That doesn't mean that we need to allow for hate speech, and it's admittedly a fine line, but complexity demands nuance. In the same way that even if a child could conceive of some divine force, they wouldn't immediately conclude that a man in the sky built the universe around them in seven days 6,000 years ago, and that anyone who didn't believe it would eventually be set on fire for eternity, unless there was an elaborate doctrine waiting for them. But if we stifled the potential idea of an anthropomorphic divinity from the onset without addressing it, 
we might inadvertently foster it by creating adversity, which ideas thrive on. In the political arena, the intolerance paradox has been capitalized on by those who are intolerant of other human beings. Xenophobes will use the idea of this paradox and try to sell it as a slight against their freedom. Of course, their idea of freedom limits the freedom of others by oppressing them, which makes their fight for the idea of freedom tragically ironic because it's the freedom to limit the freedom of others. What xenophobes are really championing when they argue for freedom of speech is the oppression for everyone but the oppressor. Xenophobia is driven by fear, which leads us to another terminal paradox. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. In a physical sense, fear can be crippling. It sends a jolt to our confidence, can make our limbs shake and every obstacle seem insurmountable. If you think of any physical activity like driving, you can probably imagine how being afraid at every moment during the experience would actually make the activity more dangerous. If you're afraid of getting hurt, it's more likely that you'll underperform. When you're constantly aware of the dangers you face, you put yourself in danger. It's important to understand the dangers of every situation, but dangerous to submit to fear. Existentially, fear becomes an obsession. It's ideologically crippling. When we allow ideas to make us fear other ideas, especially the ideas that separate us from others, we begin to lose our hold on our versions of reality in that we let other people's fears turned ideas manifest in our minds. All of it fuels every individual's greatest underlying fear, which is our loss of our ideas of ourselves, to experience a world without us in it. When we fear others, our differences can seem insurmountable. We can be afraid of getting hurt physically or emotionally, fear that the ground we stand on existentially may be shaken, and that the limbs of our ideologies will collapse, leaving us broken on unfamiliar ground, unable to lift ourselves up. If we can submit to the fact that every rule has exceptions, we can get over the human constraints of our own ideologies and come to accept that we are simply apes on a rock, carving meaning out of abstraction with our symbols, hoping to stumble on something that extends beyond us. The human reality is intricate and complex due to the words we use to create it. Sometimes we need to accept two seemingly opposing things to be able to move forward. Ultimately, being that we are all just subjectively experiencing a potentially objective universe, we can't truly know anything. That's the paradox of knowing. I know that I can't know. Our realities are simultaneously true and untrue. Everything is always both.